Today, we have the strongest economy in the world. This is a president who has spent the last two years turning the economy around. Wages are actually going up about how inflation is going down. This economy, by any measure, is doing incredibly well and much better than anyone could have predicted. Bidenomics in action is helping. It's working. It's helping to build the economy from the bottom up and the middle out. And Bidenomics is just another way of saying restoring the American dream. Yeah, that's right. The economy is doing just fine. What is wrong with you? Everything's great. You're living the American dream. Don't listen to your wallet or your bank account or your paycheck. I mean, sure, your wallet's getting lighter every day. You know what that means, right? Less back pain. Thanks, President Biden. You're great. And definitely don't listen to the gas prices or when you go to the grocery store, the grocery bills or that darn mortgage payment. Just repeat after me. Everything is fine. I am a fixed income person, and I know for a fact what I used to have in my pocket at the end of every month is now not even there at the end of every week. The past three years has just taken more away from me, increased my health um, costs, and um, it, it's just, it's very frustrating. Um, I went to the grocery store yesterday. It was, it was the most depressing thing I've seen in years. Wait, but that... But, but, but I, Biden, okay, that was a woman who called in a few weeks ago. She's a Democrat. But after living through three years of Bidenomics, she's thinking about voting Republican. I have a feeling a lot of Americans can relate to this. Of course, this goes much deeper than our politics. The entire economic system is broken, and the experts are lying to you. Tonight, I'll show you how and why as we expose Bidenomics for what it really is. Because if Bidenomics fix the economy, why is your wallet on fire? Hello, America. Hello. Monday marked 129 years since Labor Day has been considered an official United States federal holiday. Now, I want you to consider just for a minute that Easter and Good Friday are not federal holidays, but Labor Day something that was a Canadian idea brought into the United States by a Marxist who founded the American Socialist Party that is an official American federal holiday for now over a century. Well, I know when I was growing up, I just considered Labor Day as a final hurrah, the you know, end of the summer, and then you go back to school and you kick back the pool, you grill some hot dogs, and you call it a weekend. But how many of us couldn't do anything with the extended work week uh, or weekend due to having less money? How many of us have drained bank accounts and credit cards that are reaching their limit and the interest rate keeps going up? Four years ago, if you wanted to take your family on a Labor Day weekend road trip, gas costs about $2 a gallon. Today, it is nearly doubled, approaching $4. The cost of everything has nearly doubled, Families are hurting. But that's not the message we're hearing from the Biden administration. They're on a PR tour trying to convince you that the economy you have to deal with every day, while your bills go into default, your credit cards reach their maximum limit, is not actually reality. It's all okay. They even had the hubris to nickname the pain we're all feeling as Bidenomics. No joke, it's working. 
And to reinforce that, the next stop on Biden's economic PR tour was in Philadelphia on Monday. Watch. Folks, in this library, let me tell you what we're celebrating. We're celebrating jobs, good paying jobs, jobs you can raise a family on, union jobs. Okay, union jobs, jobs you can raise a family on. This is all set up. The, the president is touting union jobs because as people go on strike, because their wages are not keeping pace with inflation, they think more and more, you know what, maybe I should join a union. Unions are becoming more popular again. Why? Because it's seen as muscle. For those of you watching right now in coal country, places like West Virginia, does your family feel comfortable with Joe Biden saying this? How about families in the auto industry, the oil and natural gas industry? How about a farmer or a rancher? Do you feel comfortable raising your family in Biden's era of Build Back Better? The government knows that what they're doing is causing you pain, but for them, it's a game, the government and elites versus the peasants. You're the peasant, I'm the peasant. And they'll lie all day long to convince you that what you feel and see every day in our homes and our grocery stores and what we look for in work isn't really what's going on. So you think, well, maybe it's just me. The incredible lies from this administration are insane because they're asking you to deny your own eyes. You remember when uh, Donald Trump said, there were millions of people, millions of people at my inauguration. And we saw the pictures. You, you can't deny what you see and what you know. Last week, the Commerce Department admitted that the economy isn't actually growing as they said it was. The previously stated GDP was growing at 2.4%. Okay, not bad. Biden took a victory lap. Bidenomics is working. Until they revised it, the economy grew only at 2.1%, three-tenths of a point. It's not a small number when you're talking about the, the GDP. But how'd they screw that up? Unless the subterfuge was the intent all along. If it was one time, maybe. But the shadiness doesn't end with just the Biden Commerce Department. Jobs has been one of Biden's main talking points. We're creating jobs. He likes to say he's created more jobs than any other president in history. We all know that's a bull crap claim because when he came in, everything was closed. The pandemic. But have you seen the recent revised jobs report from the Labor Department? Yeah. So far in this fiscal year, they have overestimated job growth by 325,000 positions. Look at the end of the month in June. They originally stated we, we gained 209,000 jobs. Number was revised to 105. How did you overestimate jobs in one month by over $100,000? In other words, everything you hear from Biden, the economy, and in jobs, can you trust it? Do you trust anything anymore? But you know this. You know this. A recent poll from CNN showed that over half the country thinks the economy is getting worse. This is CNN. Isn't their job not to report the news, but to, to you know, run cover for everything? They can't even cover this up anymore. While the Biden administration claims that all is well, here is the reality for ordinary, hardworking people. 30% of Americans have about $5,000 in credit card debt. 14 million Americans 
have over $10,000 in credit card debt. If that credit card debt, if that APR is going up over 20%, that's a lot of money. Almost half the people in the country are racking up all of this debt just to pay essential living expenses. Remember when they said our bank accounts were full? How's your bank account now? People can't afford things anymore. And 65% of Americans that make between fifty dollars and $100,000 a year are now living paycheck to paycheck. Now, what happens if the car breaks down, the air conditioning goes out? They throw all of that onto the credit card, and the situation continues to spiral. And it is spiraling, and it is not sustainable. And what we're now seeing, credit card and car loan defaults, We're now seeing them at a 10-year high. Inflation is forcing everyone to buy basic goods on credit. And when the bill comes due, they have no choice but to not pay it. Now think about this. If your husband or wife came home with a brand new car, cost over $700 a month, would you be able to make ends meet? If you're living paycheck to paycheck, which a vast majority of Americans now are, And she came home unannounced, or you came home unannounced with a brand new car that was $700 a month. How would you fare? Bidenomics, the inflation now, is costing the average American family $709 more per month. It's just great. It's a hidden tax. You don't get the car. You just make the payment. So when Biden says, well, you know, inflation's really not that high, this is how we all see it. Prices are up across the board. It may not be significant to the rich men north of Richmond, but when you add up all those things that actually make a family run, the total cost just to survive add up to a whole lot of pain and suffering. Think back to Trump's presidency before covid These were the prices of some of your basic household items. Eggs cost $1.20. Pound of chicken breast, $2.93. A pound of ground beef was was $3.72. A gallon of milk, $2.90. A two-liter soda was $1.48. And a loaf of bread was $1.96. Now, let's just look at this for a second. In the shopping cart, this is what you you could have purchased for... $30. $30. You got a couple of loaves of bread. You have a, a couple of cartons of eggs, two gallons of milk. I mean, it's, it's not great. We're not living high on the hog, but you've got two pounds of ground beef and you've got six nice chicken breasts and then Coke. A couple of liters of that. Now, today, thanks to Bidenomics, How much of this do you get at the grocery store? You get one Coke. You get one dozen eggs. You get a loaf of bread. You get a gallon of milk. You get one pound of ground beef. And you get three chicken breasts. This is what this administration and inflation has cost the American people. You don't get this anymore. So how does that happen? Eggs are now two twenty-one. Chicken breast four fourteen. Ground beef five ten. Milk four four dollars. Soda two thirty-one. Bread two dollars. 
This is a fraction of what families buy, sometimes weekly, just to keep their homes running. If you add up everything else, you're spending hundreds of more dollars than you were just four years ago. Inflation was all but guaranteed when the government began COVID spending in 2020. We closed the economy, and so the government just says, stepped in and said, we'll, we'll take care of it. From 2017 to 2019, the deficit hovered between 600 to $900 billion. Then the pandemic skyrocketed the deficit to $3.1 trillion, and it stayed at $3 trillion in 2021. Now check out 2022. COVID-era aid has expired. The deficit returned to its pre-pandemic amount. Still too high, but back in line with the Trump era. This gave Biden an excuse to claim that he was so fiscally responsible, he reduced the deficit by $1.5 trillion. Like everything else he says about the economy, it was bullcrap. The emergency funding expired, and the deficit went back to what it had been. Now look at the projected budget for this year. Biden has doubled the deficit to $2 trillion. He said that he was going to cut it by 1.5. Now he's only at the 0.5 because he spent an extra trillion. He is spending money at nearly the same rate we spend on the global pandemic. As if we're funding a crisis. But what? is the crisis. The Fed will have to print more money. Then they'll have to make more interest rate increases. Pretty soon, that $709 more that you're having to pay for things like food and clothing will be $1,000 a month. Joe Biden and the Democrats and many in the GOP, they are only part of the problem with the way they handle the economy. It is like pouring gasoline on an already out of control dumpster fire. Kicking them out of Washington will be a good start, but it won't fix the problem because most people don't even understand the problem. In fact, they're praising the arsonists. I'll show you about it next. You know, every week I come to you and I... I try not to overwhelm you with bad news. But I mean, you know, um, but there is good news. There really is good news. The only thing that will save us at this point is admitting that we have gone insane and we turn back to God. And we can show God that we are on his side if we would just stand up for babies and moms Over 64 million babies have been aborted in the United States. Nearly one in five pregnancies end up this way, even now. And with the abortion pill accounting for over half the abortions performed, babies' lives are still at great risk. That's why the Ministry of Preborn and The Blaze are partnering to save 70,000 babies' lives. We have a good start, but we have more to do. Preborn introduces expecting mothers to their babies by providing free ultrasounds. Then they don't stop there because we have to have compassion for the women. Up to two years, they also provide assistance to mothers who choose life. Be a part of this. One ultrasound is $28, but any gift will help. $140 sponsorship is five ultrasounds. 5,000 would sponsor Preborn's entire network across the country for a whole day. 
And if you have the means, a gift of $15,000 would place an ultrasound machine in a, medi in a needy pregnancy clinic. Save lives. There's nothing more important than we can do. All gifts are tax deductible. Preborn has a, uh, a four-star charity rating on Charity Navigator, so you can deal with them and gift them in confidence. It's pound 250, pound 250. Go to preborn.com slash Glenn, preborn.com slash Glenn. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, what's coming and why it's coming. And um, people think that this inflation is run-of-the-mill, and it's not. We're in a vicious cycle now. And, and hopefully, you know, we can turn it around. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But let me show you what is happening. Because right now, I believe we are in the great impoverishing. This is a time where the biggest heist in, in global history is happening. The money has been taken from the average person and kicked up to the banks and the big corporations and then also shipped overseas. Um, you are the only one that's not benefiting because if you want to balance the world in fairness, you have to bring America down to everybody else's standard. You can't, you, we've tried and we've made great progress, but the rest of the world is still struggling and they're not up at our standard. Quite honestly, I don't know what our standard, if our standard is so good. We have money, but gosh, is that all there is to life? But a lot of people have worked very, very hard for what they do have. And you're having a hard time keeping uh, up with things. That's why I wrote the book, The Great Reset, um, and, the, um, and its follow-up that has just come out. It is... Its goal is that you would own nothing. So let me take you through the great impoverishing and show you what is happening. Uh, first of all, the Federal Reserve is just a collection. By the way, it's a new chalkboard. It's the one that's in my office now. I just got lazy and didn't want to transfer it onto another one. So let me know if you like it or not. But um, the, uh, the Federal Reserve is just the six biggest banks, or we don't really even know because we're not allowed to apparently, but it's like Citigroup and Bank of America and Goldman Sachs. That's who the Fed is, and they all nominate somebody that the president can pick from, and they, they nominate three different people. And then they send those three people and say, you can pick for the head of the Federal Reserve one of these three people. So the banks actually pick them. And the president picks one of those, and he's in charge of the Fed. And their job is to stabilize currency and also uh, make sure we don't go into depressions or recessions and we don't inflate our money and we don't uh, have deflation. It's, it's all because the American people didn't like having um, these crashes every about 10 or 15 years. And so the idea of the Federal Reserve, their idea, is that we'll just flatten everything out. Well, go ahead. Take some... Take some medicine to flatten you out. You'll lose a lot of the good stuff as well. That's, that's, that was, people were like, well, should we do that or not? Now you're seeing the real guts of what the Federal Reserve does. So their job is to give us stable currency. And here's what happens. When we need money, the Federal Reserve used to go to the bank or to the uh, Fort Knox and just print 
what we had in gold. 1972, we say, ah, gold schmold. It's the full faith and credit in the United States. And people bought that. We sold treasury bonds. Good full faith credit, United States of America, I believe. So they would you know, sell you a bond. You'd buy one, you'd buy one, you'd buy one. Governments would buy these treasury bonds and they'd buy millions and millions and millions of dollars worth and they would take those loans, pay those people interest and they would sell, I think they have 24 hour, six months, 12 months, three, 10, 30 year. Um, they're basically loans, they're called treasury bonds, okay? So you'd take that money from those treasury bonds, they'd hold on to those bonds, and that meant that, you know, in 12 months, we're going to pay you back, and you're going to get, you know, 1.2% interest or whatever it is. Then they would print money and give it to the federal government. And the federal government then would find a problem in poverty or roads and bridges or, you know, the military or war, the border, none of which they really do, health care education, the CDC, the bailouts, uh, foreign aid, you know, Ukraine. They have to have money to do all those things. And then they have to do the new Green Deal. I mean, that's really, really important too. Well, at some point, all of these people up here, they say, yeah, I, uh, I'm out of the bond business. I, I don't I don't trust the full faith and credit uh, anymore, uh, and I'm not buying any of your loans because I don't think you're going to be able to pay me back. Okay, so what happens? The Fed offers the bonds with no buyers, so the Fed sends somebody out and they're like, uh, do I hear, do I hear uh, you know, uh, 5% interest on this? And the Fed will say, oh, yeah, uh, I'll buy it. And so the Fed buys the bond and then just uses that fake money to give it to the Fed. So it's just, it's bogus money. It's, they're printing it so they can buy it, so they can print it. It's insanity. The government keeps spending, keeps spending. Now, here's the current situation. Joe Biden said, I'm going to cut the deficit. I've cut it more than any president. Well, of course you did. We were spending more money than any, any group of people have ever spent in the history of the world. So I'm going to cut it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut ours down to $1 billion, which, or $1 trillion. So we're going to be over what we collect by, uh, you know, a trillion, a trillion dollars. But it could be worse. It could be $2.5 trillion. I'm only going to go a trillion dollars over. So he budgeted for about $2 trillion, and the actual spending that we find out now is going to be $4 trillion. So he spent the trillion that he said he would spend, and then, whoopsie, I guess it's a trillion dollars more. Where did I put that extra trillion? To give you some idea of how much a trillion dollars is, if you made, if I paid you a dollar for every second of your life, 24-7, 365. I give you a dollar every second you're sucking in air. Great. At the end of the year, I owe you about $31 million. That's great. You can get it. Dollar a second. At that rate, you have to keep breathing, so I continue to pay you, for 36,000 years. That's how big a trillion is, and we just spent it without really even noticing. 
So we're $2 trillion in debt and they still want more. Well, where do they get the trillion dollars? They go back to the investors over here. Oops, we're out of investors. So they just keep playing this game and inflating the money. There's no real money behind it. So when you don't have you know, gold or anything to back it up, it becomes worth less and less and less. Now, inflation is defined as too many dollars chasing too few goods. So now, what do you do? Well, the, ste- the Fed steps in, and they know there's too much money. So what do we do? We have to stop printing. We have to uh, start destroying some of the money that we put out into the system. Okay? Too few goods. Companies have to become more efficient. No more jobs. No more raises. Because then those crazy people will just go out and spend that money. If you ever hear, the economy is heating up, so the Fed's stepping in, what does that mean? Translate that to, these people are spending money and they have too much money to spend. That's what the economy is heating up actually means. So, when they step in to take the heat out of the economy, they want higher unemployment, they want you to deplete all your savings so you don't have any money to spend, They want to raise the interest rate so the prices of your house and if you are a small business or whatever, you can't afford the interest rate. So you spend less, you buy fewer things. Then they're supposed to destroy the money and no spending and stop printing. But the Fed's not doing those last three things. No, they're just destroying you. So you are here. You can't afford a payment on a new or a used car now too expensive. The APR, I don't even know what the APR now is. Maybe some companies are still offering low APR. Um, Then you have the credit cards. Your credit cards are most likely maxed out and you're paying 20 to 24% interest. By the way, where does that interest go? Let's just recall, let's see. Oh yeah, to the banks that make up the Federal Reserve. Okay, so they're charging you 24% interest because you don't have a lot of money and you might be late. Then the average home is $416,000. That's the average. But really, they keep saying there's none available and there's such a high interest and you have to qualify for that loan if they give you one. So you don't really have a house and, and rentals going through the roof. Small business loans. If you're a small business, you're having a good time doing that. So you're here. You can't afford the things that you want. What does the government do? Spends $2 trillion over budget. Spends a trillion dollars over budget, $2 trillion that we don't have. All of that printing, all of the stuff with the Fed and interest doesn't make a difference because they just, they're spending all, you're not spending it, but they're spending it. And you're probably getting 20% value on your dollar? Maybe. Maybe. If it's going to Ukraine, you're not getting any value to your dollar. So the Fed Fed raises interest rates to, again, slow down the economy. But the economy is happening because the government is spending the money. Now, let's show you this. Your house payment, if you had an average house of 460, it's crazy that that is the average price of a house. You put 10% down and you get your loan at 3.5%. That means you are paying $1,500 a month. 
Not bad. You own your own home. Okay. But now the interest rate is 7.5. If you don't have a fixed mortgage or you go to try to buy a house, that payment is no longer $1,500. That is now $2,721 per month. That's what just three percentage points does to your loan. Now let's think of who else has a loan. You. The other loan that you didn't take out but was taken in your name of $32.8 trillion at the time of this recording. It's rising quickly. Now, one-third or 33% of all of our debt, 33% of $32 trillion, needs to be uh, remortgaged. It's coming up. It's due the final note. So we have to pay the interest. Um, and then we have to find somebody else to buy the $10 trillion. Guess who's going to be there? That's right. The Fed will be there. But what will they charge us for interest? It'll probably be, it was about 1.5 if we're lucky. If we're lucky, it'll go up to 4.5. Now that's $10 trillion plus the deficit of $2 trillion maybe as much as $4 trillion by the time we get there. There's no way to pay that. And nobody's going, to, nobody's going to forgive that debt. So what do you do? Well, you raise taxes. Well, how are you going to pay for taxes? They've already impoverished you. You, you don't have enough money to make ends meet. Yeah, but no, it'll just be the rich people. Oh, Okay, so all of this money is just going to come from the, what is it, 2,000 billionaires in the world? All that's going to come from there. Okay, well, they're also going to have to print more money. And when they print more money, that devalues your money, which makes your money worth less until it becomes a compound word and it's worthless. This is the great impoverishing. This is what actually is happening. The government is spending like crazy at a rate no one ever in the history of the world has ever spent this much money this fast. And you are getting to the place where you will own nothing because you can't afford a house. You, you can't afford a loan. You, you'll have to rent. But when you rent, as you know, that, that's not good. My, my folks uh, bought uh, their house that I grew up in, I think it was $20,000. And it's not that nice of a house, but let's just say it's worth three hundred and fifty dollars now. That's why home ownership is so important. If you're moving around from place to place, it's not. But you took $20,000 and you paid off your house. And then you raised your family in that house. And now it's worth $350,000. But if you're just renting from somebody, you don't get any of that money. So you have nothing. This is how we grow people's wealth in America. All right. 
I'm going to bring in Carol Roth next, and she's going to break down some of the things that we need to know about, what's really happening. How, how is the Biden administration coming up with the numbers that they've come up with? Is that even possible? Am I delusional? Am I missing something? Are you missing something every time we go to the store? Or are they just lying to us? We'll figure that out in just a minute when we come back. Everybody says to me, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Let me tell you something. There is one thing that it, 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 it takes nothing to do this, really nothing. Over the past decade, Patriot Mobile has become America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And I mean the only one. And I partner with them. I I love these guys because they're not only creating a parallel economy, they're also generating money that they can put towards things that hold up the Constitution, that fight for us. If you're on another mobile Carrier, every time you're making a call, every time you pay that bill, some of that money goes against the things you stand for. So the very lowest point of entry is just switching phone carriers, and it will save you money. You will get the same great service. You can keep your phone. You can keep your number. You can upgrade whatever you want to do. Call 878-PATRIOT, 878-PATRIOT, or go to patriotmobile.com slash Beck. Do it now. I've been talking about these times coming for almost two decades now, and uh, there's somebody I want to introduce you to. You've seen her before. I've been on the lookout for somebody like her uh, that can break down the economy and explain it in a way that makes sense and is not just talking about Wall Street. Carol Roth is one of the brightest minds you'll find. In her own words, she's a recovering investment banker, so she can speak Wall Street, but she's also a best-selling author that really cares about Main Street and you. Her new book, You Will Own Nothing, Your War in, uh, with a New Financial World Order, is a must-read and is currently available wherever you buy your books. Carol, um, the inflation that we're dealing with uh, right now, the administration says they have it under control. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Every, everything's good. You know, you go to the grocery store, everything feels good to you. Listen, this is um, a lot of wordplay. And the best analogy that uh, I've been using recently is in terms of gaining weight. So last year, let's say we went to the doctor and we, we all gained 10 pounds. It was a, a very eating uh, indulgent year. And we went, wow, that that's really bad. I, I gained 10 pounds. Okay. I come back this year and I've only gained three and a half pounds. Glenn. So, you know, that's still a gain. We're now up 13 and a half pounds, but you know, Hey, I've got my weight under control. (laughs) That is the message (laughs) that they're trying to tell you is that they have it under control. The reality is that inflation has been persistent and sticky. And yes, we are quote unquote, gaining less weight than we did before, but we never lost the weight from before. And we're still carrying that around with us. And we have seen um, in recent months, obviously, the cost of energy that was suppressed, both because there was a, a, you know, the markets felt like there was going to be less demand, which there wasn't. Plus, 
plus we had this political stunt, this release from the strategic reserves, which were supposed to be for a time of emergency, that artificially suppressed the price for a little bit of time. Um, but now we're on the other side of it, and uh, our good friends over at OPEC Plus have decided to continue voluntarily cutting supply. And so we're seeing the cost of oil and energy continue to rise, which and goes Russia is cutting yes. it as well. The ones that we've crippled, they have they're comfortable enough to cut it themselves. Let me ask you in the in the inflation data, and I can't remember what it was, Carol, maybe you will remember. It doesn't include things like eggs or milk. It doesn't <laughs> include uh, I think your rent. It doesn't include a lot of things that everybody has to buy every month. Is that yeah, right? I mean you have to part and parcel the data. So first, they've changed the formula multiple times since the 1980s. And we all know if they had used the formula they were using previously, uh, it would be probably double the amount that they're reporting, which they try to hold down on purpose, because that means that they don't have to adjust, make the cost of living adjustments to things right. like Social Security payments um, for, you know, as, as much as they, they would. There are different measures. Um, they allow for substitution saying, well, well, if the prices are going to go up, you, you know, you might not have a burger, you're going to have spam. So we'll just throw spam in there now. So, you know, that's one of the tricks that they do. Um, they have, uh, you know, this sort of owner occupied rent where you have to guess if you were going to to rent out your house, how much rent would be. There's the core that takes out food and energy. So there's all different ways to part and parcel it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what that reported number is, because we know that it's been distorted. And frankly, every number that's come out of this administration seems to be revised much more than sort of the usual level of revisions. You know what's going on because you have to live your daily lives and you see what's happening to individuals. And if we look at the consumer data, what is actually happening to individuals, we will see that over time their savings have dwindled. We have seen you know, record amounts of debt, including credit card debt and auto debt and the like. Which is, so, hang on just a sec before you go over that. Credit card Card debt and loan card defaults just hit a 10 year high and we haven't even started yet. What, what does all that mean? Yeah, it means that people are are struggling. That we, they're taking on debt. They're taking on debt. You know, not only uh, at record levels, but also record interest rates. You know, we're talking about you know, on a credit card something in the neighborhood of twenty two to twenty four percent interest Easy. that people are having to pay in order to float their cost of living. People, individuals are struggling. So you can look back at the economy and say, oh well, everything is going fine and we're not in a recession and we're eking out growth, but but the consumer, which is about 70% of the economy, is carrying that on their backs and they are hurting their own personal balance sheets. It's that individual level recessions that we're seeing going on. And it's not impacting the most wealthy and well-connected, but it's certainly hurting the average Americans, Main Street America, the middle class, that the Biden administration said he was gonna get you some breathing room and boy, he's got this all under control. Let me ask you, I saw that Warren Buffett just put millions and millions and millions, maybe even billions of dollars into Occidental Petroleum. <laughs> uh, and I thought, hmm, what does he know that I don't know? Because I know that if there is a recession, then people will drive less, they'll have less money, and oil prices usually go down. What is it that uh, Warren Buffett seems to know that I don't know? 
I think you actually know this, Glenn, but it, it's nice to, to pretend that you don't know what Warren Buffett knows, even though I think you know the same thing. He understands that oil is the lifeblood of of everything, that oil equal energy equals life. It equals human flourishing, that not only does it power everything that we do, there's 6,000 derivative products that come from it. And he knows that we have been severely underinvesting in oil and gas and traditional fossil fuels because of the green mandates. Mm -hmm. So that means there is going to not be enough supply for the continued increase in demand. You're not just here in the United States, but around the world. And because we are shooting ourselves in the foot here in the West, whether it be in the US or in Europe, um, you know, with the with the climate cultists and this green insanity that he is now doubling down and going, well, you know, I, I better make sure that I'm behind that supply because he he is betting that there's going to be that need and that prices are going to stay elevated. And it's um, it's also interesting, and I, I'm sure this doesn't play a role in it, but uh, it's interesting that uh, another thing that drives the price of oil up is is a major war. Uh, that, that would not be uh, not be good. So, Carol, I want to ask you some questions that the audience has um, written in um, a couple of things. It, it, is it possible to stop this train at this point? So it absolutely is possible to stop the train, but we have to have the the political fortitude and will to do it. And you know, we have to make some difficult choices that are not politically popular. And I think that Americans have spent time standing up for a lot of important things, but we haven't seen the same kind of protests when it has come to financials. I mean, when's the last time that you remember that everybody stormed the Fed? I think that was back in the 1970s, right? right? Yeah. And so, you know, the fact that we are in a, a situation where our government has been taking in more and more revenue, but running up these insane deficits, deficits that need to be fi financed now with higher and higher costs of capital, uh, you know, that is something that is untenable. We have a balance sheet that looks like an emerging market. The only saving grace is that we have the global reserve currency, so it's not creating a currency crisis yet. quite yet. So we need to turn that ship around, but it's going to take the American people telling the people who are in charge, we want you to do this, we stand by this, and we understand that there need to be some, some give and take here, but we have to save the financial foundation. You know, I have country. to tell you, I don't know if that's possible only because people get scared, and when yeah. when this really kicks in, this inflation, if it does, God forbid, um, you know, you will own nothing, and people will be afraid of that. I, call, I called you know, this part of this, uh, this show, um, the great impoverishing, because that's what's happening. The, the Fed, by raising interest rates, destroying jobs, the government continuing to spend, which will only raise their interest rates, which will mean they'll have to have higher taxes on the average person. I mean, you're left without anything. Let me, so let me ask you, um, buying a house now is insane, Okay. But the elites want you to own nothing. So what do you do? Do you buy at this insane price? 
So, you know, that's a, a complicated question. I think that you know, over periods of time, we're going to definitely want to have home ownership. And if you do believe in the theory that there's going to be continued inflation, which, you know, given the fiscal situation of the United States, I do think that this is sticky, that's going to continue to increase asset prices. So it's going to mean that the, the prices are just going to get higher and higher. You want to be able to get that in. Um, this means that you might have to go to a different area of the country in order to affect that, right. or you may need to wait for a crack depending on which market you're in. You know, there are right. certain markets that may have lots of Airbnbs that were purchased, which you know now aren't being rented out, mm -hmm. and then that eventually could lead to some additional supply. So it really is dependent on you know what your financial situation is, what part of the market you are, are in geographically. But over time, you know you may have to to get something smaller in a different area that you want, but you do want to own those hard assets because that is going to be your line of defense as we continue to see inflation stick around for the long term. Do you project with the slowdown in, um, in China, are, are we going to see more shortages coming our way, do you think? Oh, the China situation is such a difficult one because there's this sort of short-term situation and there's a long-term situation. And you have China thinks in decades yes. and centuries where we here in the United States think about quarters and years and administrations. And so, you know, there could be a lot of fallouts from a, a credit event or some sort of slowdown, real slowdown in China. Um, it could end up being a, a flight of capital to the United States. It could actually end up benefiting mm -hmm. our economy in the short term. But on the same side, there could be you know other supply chain issues. But I think that long term, you know, first of all, I'm very skeptical of all of these China slowdown stories coming yeah, out. At the same time, I think it's a way to get more capital mm. here in the United States. So be careful about what you read. But long term, look at what they're trying to do in terms of the investments that they're making around the rest of the world, the way they're trying to to move trade away from the dollar, the way that they're they're lessening up on the dollar. So even if they're is sort of a, a short-term issue with China, it doesn't mean that there aren't still mid to long-term yeah. um, fallout for the U.S. It's a very complicated and nuanced issue, and that's why we want to be diversified, yeah. because there are so many different factors here, Glenn, and I we know. don't know which order they're sort of going to happen. Carol, thank you very much. The name of her book is You Will Own Nothing. And uh, she's absolutely, absolutely right, especially with, I have to tell you, property taxes are the most immoral thing I've ever seen. As property taxes are, keep going up and up and up and up, I never really own my house. My kids will never really be able to take over my house because if I leave them my house, they can't afford, forget the death taxes, they couldn't afford the property taxes. It's absolutely immoral. Do you actually own your property when your income, when your uh, your housing tax is out of control? Carol, thank you very much. Appreciate it. We'll Thanks, have Glenn. we'll have uh, more on this and our jihad on oil. I don't know if you saw this, but if you work in the auto industry, I think Donald Trump is right. He said this will collapse our automakers. These EV cars. Look at what's happening to Ford even as we speak. We'll have more on that tomorrow. In the meantime, thank you so much for watching. Good night, America.